Hi, my name is Eliane Goldstein, and you're listening to The Effect on Us. And in that camp was surrounded with stone walls, and when we came in there, the first thing we saw, hundreds of frozen dead bodies. The men inside those cattle cars, without water, without air, were all fighting to survive. Why couldn't you go to university? Because I was a Jew. The Effect on Us podcast. Here's Eliane Goldstein. The Effect on Us is a podcast for people of all ages to learn about controversial subjects and the ties it has to people nowadays. In this season, the focus of the series is the Holocaust. You'll be able to hear some of the best survival stories I've ever heard from people that went through the Second World War and learn more about the effect the Holocaust had on people from Generation 1 to Generation 3. Did you know that a recent survey in the United States said that one in ten respondents did not even recall hearing the word Holocaust. In this episode, I'm talking to Judith Nemes Black, a psychologist who talks to me about different types of effects the Holocaust had on different generations. Can it be considered a trauma? Let's find out. I am talking today to Judith Black. Um, hi, how are you? Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Okay. How old were you? During the Holocaust? I was born at the beginning of the war. So I was, let's say, between the ages. Well, the Holocaust was a bit longer, earlier. But I was, let's say, about between one and five. So do you have Holocaust trauma? I um, have some memories. But most of the difficulties or trauma have to do with, um, I guess, some of the lost childhood in a way, because I didn't have a normal, uh, you know, early years and even after. For example, I never got to go to a playground. I didn't play with other kids. I never learned how to throw a ball, how to go on a slide. And all those things, if you don't do them at a certain time, you miss it. So in a way, some of the trauma are losses. So what is Holocaust trauma? Well, I guess it's trauma that is related to one's experiences in the Holocaust. It's hard to say, um, you know, like there's different, if somebody has a bad experience, something very overwhelming that affects them very, on many levels, you could say that there's a trauma. So Holocaust trauma would be people's emotional and sometimes thinking and attitudes that are affected in a negative way because of their experience in the Holocaust. My dad has third generational trauma. He's the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Is it common for someone to have a trauma that is three generations apart from when it happened? It depends what you, how you think of trauma. Like, for example, he may not have nightmares. He may not be more easily scared than somebody else or anxious. On the other hand, he may have effects because his parents or his grandparents may have been affected. So if the, you know, you can have the offshoot, the, the, you know what a reverberation is like the parts of it that come down. Are there ways to prevent developing Holocaust trauma that is from like second and third generations, I mean? Well, I think that if you talk about effects, I think that it's very difficult not to have an effect. In other words, you cannot prevent having an effect. 
whether it's trauma in a sense that people have uh, certain reactions like they rethink about it, they have bad dreams about it, they avoid things that have to do with it, their behavior is affected. It usually would come through the parents and the grandparents to the third generation. Is it something that you develop like slowly over time at like a pace that you don't even realize that it's happening? Or is it something that sort of just happens right away? If the person directly goes through the trauma, even then sometimes the reaction could be after the event. But for someone like second or third generation, I would think it's a long time after the trauma happens. And it, I think a lot has to do with how the experience of the trauma is sent from the parent or the grandparent down to the child of the offspring. So my father said that his grandparents never really talked to him about the war until he was in his late teens and early 20s. How do you think that that could have affected him? Well, I think that it depends how they talked about it. I think my own bias is often when things are a secret, they become even bigger. So I think that may have affected him because it may have taken him by surprise. He may have known certain quirks or funny things about them and certain attitudes, but he didn't understand where it's coming from. So when he found out about the Holocaust, and their experience, it may have come a bit of a shock. So it depends on very much on what they transmit to him and how they transmit it to him. So is it common to have a trauma that develops to the third generation if it skips the generation? Again, if you talk about trauma, I think it's important to, to distinguish between trauma and effect. Like you can have an effect and probably it goes through generations. How trauma is an extreme or a very, uh, a very uh, intense reaction. So the kind of re reaction that's so intense, I think that it's not often that you find a third generation unless it comes to one and two. And usually by then it's less intense, but there is an effect. Are there any examples that you could give me off the top of your head that can differentiate the two? Effect means that in some way it affects your thinking, your feeling, your behavior. Like, for example, let's say that if your parents taught you that you shouldn't trust anybody because they had bad experiences wherever they come from, the, you know, certain countries they were helping the Germans, so they, that would be an effect, like the, the mistrust in people that comes as a result of the parent's experience. If it is something where you think about the event, you dream about it, you yourself develop these fears. It doesn't come down. That would be a tr your trauma. Why do you think some people would keep their experiences a secret? from people that they're close to? Very good question. I think there are many reasons. Sometimes they are they feel that by not talking about it, they're protecting the children or grandchildren. Sometimes they don't talk about it because it upsets them to talk about it. Sometimes they don't talk about it because they may even be ashamed. You know, um, they may not talk about it because they want to forget it. It's usually to protect the child or the grandchild. But, you know, in a way, 
it doesn't protect them enough because the parent's behavior, like I'll give you an example very quickly. For example, we sometimes find that parents or grandparents who went through the Holocaust become overly protective of their children and their grandchildren. So the child knows, oh my God, my parents are so overly protective, but they don't know why. So that's the kind of thing. My mother and my father, they both grew up with with very different surroundings. And both of their grandparents didn't really talk about the war until they were late into their like adolescence or early adult years. Whenever my dad goes to a store, he stocks stuff from toilet paper and he doesn't let us throw food away. And my mom, she she does that, but she doesn't do it as intensely as my dad would do it. Why do you think that that could be? People are different. You know, it depends how your grandparents or parents reacted. It's possible your mother's parents or grandparents reacted differently. They were not as overprotective. The other thing, I don't know if I'm right, your mother grew up in Israel, right? And your father grew up in Canada. Yes. Okay. Again, it's generalizing, but often Holocaust survivors who lived in Israel, and, you know, I think they developed a very, uh, a very different attitude in a sense. You know, when you live in Israel, you, you, you get more pride in being Jewish. You, you raise your children as tougher because they have to go in the army, they have to fight. You don't raise them as overprotected, usually, as some, some of the Canadian. So it has to do with how they lived the experience, but it also has to do with where it happened. So two reasons, the personality of the parents and where this happened. So before you were talking about how a trauma and an effect were two very different things, but could there be some stuff that could tie them together? Actually, I maybe wasn't in a sense clear. They're, they're different, but they could be together. I'll give you an example. I think Everybody or every trauma has an effect. An effect comes from a trauma, but the intensity and the way it shows is somewhat different. So I'll give you an example. If, for example, your dad um, goes to a store, you said, and he, he, or he doesn't like to throw things away, you know, or he adapted some of, adopted some of his parents' attitudes, that would be an effect. If your grandparents or parents, I don't know if you, it was your grandparents that went through the Holocaust, not, not his parents, right? Yeah, it skipped a generation. Okay. So it would really probably have to do, the biggest trauma would be for the grandparents who went through it. So they might have nightmares. They would have things that cause the overprotectiveness. The overprotectiveness, although it comes from the trauma, is beyond it. It's separate. No, it's not separate. It's related, but it's an extension. So my father is always scared that there's going to be another war around the corner that is just going to be the same thing. And um, which is, I kind of get that a little bit. I don't think people that have had like family members that have gone through a war as intense that World War II was aren't always thinking about stuff like that but how does it make it different to just be like conscientious of your surroundings and to like actually have been diagnosed with that i come back to the idea that it probably has to do with sometimes 
you know, the person's personality. Some people are more sensitive than others. So that's one thing. But also I come back to the same idea. You know, it depends what type of messages his grandparents gave his parents and his parents gave to him about strangers, about the world, about the fear. So in a way, that is a big influence. But also some people are more sensitive than others. So maybe someone who's more sensitive is going to be more influenced. But I think that it really has to do a lot with how the parents and the grandparents, what they transmit as messages, sometimes overt messages, like, oh, don't trust strangers. Sometimes it could be hidden messages. Oh, you know. Can you talk to me about the difference of trauma between children of survivors and child survivors? Now, we talk about different terms. A child survivor is somebody who was a child during the Holocaust. And usually we take, they were about 16 or 17 by the time the war ended or younger. Child of survivors are children born to survivors after the war. So often the child survivors like myself, although I was pretty young and I was lucky with my parents and their attitudes, but often child survivors, you know, have two things. Number one, some of them, especially a little bit older, have a lot of bad memories. And then they have these overprotective parents. They have parents with, who sometimes teach them fear and sometimes parents who teach them bravery. So they have sometimes what the parents are teaching them, plus some of what they lived through. That's a child survivor. Children of survivors get usually just enough, but they get it after when after the war. So before when we were talking, you mentioned that you've seen me before, and I'm. Uh, but where 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 did you first see me for the first time before we ever talked? Well, I think I was at that time still chair of the, I was for about six years, the chair, co-chair of the Yom HaShoah commemoration, the planning committee. And I spoke and introduced the whole, you know, uh, commemoration, myself and my co-chair. And I think the last year that I was still co-chair and, you know, spoke and so on is the year that we had asked, or I remember we were looking for someone to read the Yiddish poem, and someone mentioned you or your dad, and that's how I saw you, because I was part of that commemoration. So I remember I was there for the, for the rehearsal, and I was there for the actual commemoration. By the way, you noticed I do not say ceremony. I always say it's a commemoration. Thank you very much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, and I wish you good luck. I think that these are very difficult ideas and, and concepts, and I think you're doing a very you know, good job in trying to understand it, and I wish you all the best. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe and tell your friends. This is Eliane Goldstein. Tune in next time to The Effect on Us. And remember, history will not repeat itself. Bye!